Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Edward Estelle, sitting here, as always, with a very happy Arthur Black. Extremely happy. Just call me Laser, as in American Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, you do look like Laser today. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, right, man. man. <laughs> I'm all right. We, we, got a, we got an awesome special guest, and I got some fun, happy things happening in my life. So Yeah, man, we're like, a, we're, apologize to the regular listeners, we're a week late, and a lot of people assumed it was because we were at Tails last week, which we weren't. Um, Thank God. We just uh, we took no. a week off. Everybody was at Tails. We had some stuff to, some personal maintenance to do, and I had some like literal maintenance to do. Well, I don't mean thank God, like you know, literal when we're going we to, had to Tails. I just mean like going to Tails for me is kind of like matches to a pyro. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a bad time for you to be. I don't even want to talk about trying to dry last out. time I was in New Orleans, it, it got rough. I ended up like in a sex house at like 4 a.m. after spending a lot of time at a place called The Dungeon, which is awesome. Go check out The Dungeon. It's real hard to find. Kendall, you've been there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very cool-looking place, and I was I was ordering, ordering shots by the dozens, and um, I, I was I told the waitress, I was like, come on, this is New Orleans. Like, oh, my God, Arthur, we were there together. There's got to be some fucked up shit here in this town. <laughs> what? We were there together. No, we weren't. Yes, we were. <laughs> you you were so not there. I was I, absolutely there. Were you there when yeah. I was there? That is the no, voice of our guest, uh, Kendall Lockwood. <laughs> uh, we haven't got that far yet, but no, yeah. That's, uh, uh, I apparently missed out on a hell of a New Orleans trip. The, the, the sheer fact that I've totally blacked out the... Uh, is not surprising. The, the, the attendance of, of uh, a dear friend and extremely talented uh, beverage person professional should get in, insight to how things went did you go to the sex house with me i did not i went home after the dungeon <laughs> okay all right, all right, i yeah. needed to go home after the dungeon dungeon was just green light for me and the the you know the people that work there because it's kind of off the beaten path um it's not like you know like high traffic kind of a place and uh, i was just like look there's, there's got to be some really freaky shit in this town that's underground that i'm just not finding and <laughs> They're like, go check this place out. Go down some alleyways. You'll see, you know, a, a building. There'll be a red door. And um, I was able to find it. And um, I, apparently I was able to find my way home. So, you know, it's a good time. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the show, Kendall. Hey, uh-huh. thank you. Um, yeah, well, before we get ahead of ourselves, because hey, we are, we we are going Tails? to get our house. Do we what? Yeah. Dude, isn't Tails over? Do well, we, we We got a nod. It's, it, we didn't make the short list. Uh, actually, Life Behind Bars, and congratulations to them. I was Dave uh, Wondrich is a co-host there, and it's, it's a kick-ass podcast. Uh, right on, one. good yeah, for them. It's, I bet, actually, I was listening to it on the way in this morning. But um, Yeah, so Kendall Lockwood. <clears throat> Jeez, let's try that again. <laughs> Kendall Lockwood, uh, operating partner of the Ball and Biscuit in Indianapolis, yep. is sitting here with us. Mm, matriarch of the cocktail scene, arguably, despite yeah. her young age. Well, not only that, but like this is like the OG craft cocktail bar in Indianapolis. Yes, it is. Um, Thank you. And um, so, what, what year did this place open? Uh, we have been open. It was eight years, July first. So, yeah, it seems like a short eight years. Yet it seems like a really long eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ball absolutely. Ball biscuits at the what? You're at the southwestern end of Mass Ave, which mm-hmm. stretches about you know point nine. It's just under a mile yeah. from its its southwestern end to its northeastern end, and definitely a strip of uh, downtown that you want to kind of check out it's a sort of an art district bar restaurant district yeah we talked a little bit about it on our episode with uh dave andercheck at the uh, chatterbox yeah i'm just catching up motherfuckers yeah, i just, just started uh, listening you oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? oh no everybody has all listened from the beginning okay oh or yeah they dropped off after episode three <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm working on cussing a lot less are you yeah i am i am um i got a strategy too like, did you ever see the movie johnny dangerously with michael keaton <laughs> yeah like mr mom days you know this is like classic 80s like awesome so there's the the gangster villain in johnny dangerously um that uh, michael keaton johnny dangerously gang uh gang is going against and he never says the word fuck he always says farg or Fargan. Fargan. Like, instead of you fucking bastards, it's you Fargan. And then he never says bastards, he says bastages. So that's mm-hmm. my new thing. I'm just going to start saying Fargan. I was going to say, you lasted about 30 seconds, and you've dropped the F-bomb like three times. But Yeah, but I'm, I'm setting... <laughs> but I was using it... You're like, He's using it as an example. Yeah, it's the okay. little kid <laughs> excuse, I'm setting the stage, right? like, oh, I wasn't saying it, I was just repeating. Oh, man. <laughs> Set the stage. People, I've had some people that are like, you sound really smart until you've... No one's ever said that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and it was usually not when I'm me. It's I'm going off on you know some tangent about space or or something, uh, and they're like, "Wow, impressive!" And then I'm like, "Fucking 
American Gladiator. And, uh, <laughs> right. You totally like, walked up here looking like an American Gladiator. I gotta get a picture Absolutely. of you while we're doing this. That's the first thing I thought of with like your long hair and your American flag shirt. I mean, I was just like, I've also been watching American Ninja Warrior just for fun. Really? And, and literally, we were naming off all of the American Gladiators the other night. I was like, what are all their names? And my boyfriend was just sitting like, like Blade. Like he was just naming everyone. Like stop. Like now it's now it's been like twenty minutes. I don't need to hear any more American. <laughs> well, there were several names. generations of gladiators. <laughs> Absolutely was. How's Jay doing? Jay's great. Awesome. He's doing uh, great. This is just, it's a communal podcast, man. Kendall's part of the community and helped build this this community as her as her. Uh, other half or lesser half, Jay. My lesser, lesser half. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I usually say better half. Who hopefully, doesn't he listen. Better half. I'm, I'm I probably say better half. <laughs> today. But if I say that jokingly about a woman, I get a dirty eye. Like uh, I was at some place one time, and I was yeah, uh, I was, not surprisingly. I was with Erica, and I went somewhere. I was like, yeah, my lesser half and I. Uh, just joking. Oh, and she was yeah, happy the, the woman about behind, that. Well, Erica was fine. She knows I'm fucking around, but the girl behind the counter just looked at me like. You sick son of a bitch. <laughs> Were you dressed like this? No, no man. No, and I, I don't see a problem. I'm showing my damn patriotism today. I, I'm wearing a tank top. And a headband. Well, the headband is because I... And I, your, head, your hair was all down. I, just, I woke up a little long, a while ago. Just need some, like, wrist, and wrist I didn't, pads. I didn't have time to, you know, style my hair. Uh-huh. Uh, so I put on a headband, and then I couldn't find a hair tie, so the hair was down. But I was, you know, rocking out with the windows down. So, like, if you put your fingers in this fucking mess, you're not getting them back. And uh, I am wearing Toms that match my American flag T-shirt. So, you know, I'm... I'm Semi-color coordinated. I'm, I'm like a, a metro for, white for trash. Out of bed, American. you look fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I've been sleeping better. Yeah? But I've been sleeping later. So I go to bed later, and mm-hmm. then, um, then I wake up later. And I woke up at, like, 9, and I hit the snooze, and then... Um, Someone in my bed was like, were you supposed to be up at 11? I was like, yeah. And um, Oh, that was today, yeah. Yeah, this morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, not surprising you were late then. Right, right. So I, uh, you know, threw on my my knee pads and my American American Gladiator gear. And uh, and, Did you have anything to drink last night? Or no, just, no, no, no that messes sleep. up your sleep, doesn't it? Uh, my sleep is fucked up beyond my alcohol consumption, and during this dry period, it's still um, it's still Jack, but it's better than it was. I like, I don't have all the other shit that goes on with my sleep stuff, like the sleep sodomy yeah, demons yeah, yeah. and all that shit. But I just have a hard time falling asleep, and then when I do, I um, don't want to wake up. So I'm just kind of basking the fact I am getting sleep, even though my circadian, circadian rhythms are fucked up. So, anyways, Kendall. Why you keep changing the subject, Ed? God damn. Well, got, I don't even know what's think, going on I yet. I think you've said two, two sentences. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't even had coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm I just, have some made. When he's, yeah, he said you probably wouldn't want it because you're a tea drinker, but I have coffee. Oh, I made a whole no, pot for you guys. I'm, I'm right now. Uh, 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 I'll coffee you You are up. amped the fuck up already. Alan. Just drink some of Ed's and then we'll this get you a cup too. That's going to be your American Gladiator name, Amp. Amp. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Amp. That's fucking awesome. Uh, fucking awesome. Far, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. you twice already. I'm, t- I'm counting how many times oh, yeah? you've cussed. Uh, keep counting. You don't have enough fingers. Um, Probably not. But I don't either for how many right, times so, I cussed. Yeah, for real. One yeah, of you, us. You, you feel free, obviously. It's okay on this episode. <laughs> if the podcast goes quiet, it means I went to get coffee and I'm no longer... <laughs> and uh, We need... If it gets a lot more intellectual in and interesting, we need wireless, wireless mics. <laughs> Keegan's going to get you a cup. Oh, uh, look at that. Keegan's a shit. Little brother. Man, um, this whole place, I want to get to that too, because like, I love coming in to, to have drinks here, because it's gotten so different over the years, like from where it started off, obviously yeah. there weren't any craft cocktail bars when you guys opened up, and it was like you were writing the rule book for Indy, and honestly, I always say this, like... Uh, you know, Indianapolis and Indiana can be behind in a lot of things, like for the trends to kind of catch up oh, yeah. or whatever. But like opening a craft cocktail bar in that kind of speakeasy vibe, um, eight or nine years ago here in Indianapolis, I mean, that really coincided a lot with the rest of the country doing it simultaneously. So it wasn't like five years later we ended up with you I'll know something that was Thanks, going on elsewhere. You know, like <clears throat> I I think we were like right there along with it. You know, right. I don't want to say the trend, but like. It wasn't like we were behind the times on craft cocktails. No, definitely. And it's so funny actually seeing, like, the generation of of 21-year-olds now because when I was 21 or when you guys were 21, I mean, it was like, (laughs) seriously, though, it was was like you go out and it was like you got, like, I don't know, 
like my my generation was like vodka Red Bulls and like Malibu and pineapple and mm-hmm. you know what I mean it, was, it wasn't like you got anything good and now all these kids are coming in and they're like oh I want a Sazerac I'm like you know what a Sazerac is and you're 21 years old like that's the norm now but it's like you can't go to even like a, like a chain restaurant without finding a specialty cocktail menu because they have to try and compete because that's where we are yeah I mean that's that's actually like my method of like finding a good drink when I'm out of town. If I'm in a place that maybe doesn't have that many craft cocktail bars, mm-hmm. hit a restaurant, man. Find some of the best restaurants because you know, gone are the days where you can just oh. throw up a bullshit like, you know, like you said, you know, uh, I don't even know what the hell fucking Fridays has on their menu anymore. They might even have craft cocktails for I all I know. They, I'm sure it's very might. different from the last time that Whoa, we went. right, yeah, mudslides. <laughs> like, excuse me, can I get yeah, a mudslide? Yeah, mudslides were huge at Fridays. <laughs> this I, menu's so you know, I, I can totally agree with that because I love coming here to have drinks, but obviously it's really hard for me to detach, so mm-hmm. I don't drink here often. Yeah. Um, but literally, I think your restaurants are the majority of the places that we go. It's hard for us to not go to Black Market or Rook or, you know, like, honestly, mm-hmm. we go to Bluebeard too, but it's like, there's so many good places, but like there's great cocktails mm-hmm. and great food there, and that's that's why we go. Mm-hmm. I mean, all more of attractive price than say you know neighbors to uh, you know the north in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean um, you can drink so affordably in in town here, and well, our rent is much more affordable as well. How affordable drinking is if you don't drink. But like, yeah, since I've been well, going out and like having dinner places, I get my bill. I'm like, damn son, I need to get a second dinner. Um, if you don't have that bottle of wine or two bottles <laughs> oh, of wine, that's or right. yeah. of wine yeah. I'm honestly floored about how, and I don't want to say inexpensive drinks are in New York or San Francisco, but when you compare how much more they pay for rent, and, oh. how, and it, like, they could be worse. They should be charging like three times for those cocktails well, than what they are. When but, we recently went to Scotland, we spent a whole night in New York, and truthfully, they're charging like $15 for yeah. a cocktail. My old fashioned is $12. You right. know? So it's like, I was how, like, really? How? How are they like, affording rent? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, there's the voice of Keegan over there again. <laughs> Keegan went broke. No, so, uh, <laughs> well, but, so th- when you walk in here now, it's like your your fucking like entire family runs this place. Yeah. And so you become part of this like incredibly fun, weirdly dysfunctional like bar shift. Like not saying your family's what, dysfunctional, no, but my family is 100 percent dysfunctional. It's fucking too hilarious. Too many of them to not be dysfunctional. Man. Well, y'all like right. So everybody's name starts with K, right? Yeah, there's Which, eight of us. We all start with a K. My dad's a K. My mom's name is Dana, so she's the only oddball. But it's, but she married in. Yeah, she <laughs> right. Yeah. right? Yeah. So it's a uh, Keith and Dana are my parents, and then it's Kaylee, Kendall, Cameron, Kirsten, Kara, Keegan, <laughs> Corinne, and Chloe, and that's just my siblings. It doesn't even include like the significant others, and then the nieces and nephews. But at the moment, my mom's my assistant manager, Dana. And then Keegan is my bar manager. Cameron, my brother, bartends here. And then Corinne serves. But literally, like, my brother-in-law, my sister, everyone that is of age has worked at this bar at one point or another, except for my youngest sister, who's 18 and cannot yet. But she's well, dying to come work here. I, I think it's wonderful that you guys can deal with each other enough oh, for real. Exist. I couldn't. Um, Not with that many of them, anyway. Well, like, we were homeschooled. No. We had we, we were each other's best friends <laughs> oh, growing really? up. Oh, really? You were yeah. homeschooled? My mom homeschooled. Schooled all of us till high school. My brother and sister and I were we're horrible. Like we weren't raised by wolves. We were the wolves, and we weren't a pact. Like we didn't do shit together. We did our own shit, and then we'd see each other and just kind of snarl in each other's direction, and then we'd <laughs> we'd piss on each other's kill and go back to to doing whatever we were doing. Yeah. So I think it's awesome that you guys have a family where you actually like each other. My favorite <laughs> shifts to come in here are when uh, Keegan and Cameron are behind the bar because I, I think I told you the other day, it's like the, the brothers in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Like, they're just constantly... Casey Affleck. Yeah, yeah. Casey Affleck and... Uh, What's um, his name? Uh, James Kahn's son. Oh. More st- stout, uh, stocky dude. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, uh, okay. Whatever. Calm. Yeah. Something. Calm. Oh, it's 100%. But I they're just back and forth and back and forth. I can't and tell you how many nights at the end of the night they just yell at each other about like... Well, you you didn't do your side work, and you didn't do your side work, and you've been standing around talking, and you've been standing around <laughs> talking, and literally, like, I come in and I'll be like, "Why wasn't this done last night?" Cam- Cameron did it. Both of them pointed at each other. Keegan did it. Cameron did it. They always blame each other. It's like, and I told my mom actually, I was like, "How did you survive?" Like, I feel like I'm parenting. No, yeah. <laughs> like my siblings coming in here constantly uh, uh, lately, and like we're just watching that dynamic behind the bar. I'm like, wait, I, I haven't given Kendall enough credit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because, yeah, you kind of had to become the, the well, you called her the matriarch earlier, but definitely the, the mother yeah. of, of this bar. Well, you call me mom. I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously, I think, I think, well, that was like, when you were like, when we were in Jamaica, you were, I was like, I'm just, 
I'm not going to get in the water. I think we were going out to that, to that bar. I'm like, I'm not going to get in the water. I'm leaving my shirt on because I burn in like three seconds. You're like, take your fucking shirt off and put some damn sunscreen on. <laughs> well, I was like, yes, mom. I mean, talk ginger to ginger here. Right, yeah. <laughs> You know? Oh, I did. Thank you for it, too, because Although I, I will say, we did stay I really, truly, like, for the longest time, up until probably recently, was, like, the only woman on 99% of, of the trips. Yeah. Like, it was, I mean, we did, what, Scotland, we did, like, Jamaica, we did, I mean, like, You're the only England. girl when we went to tequila, right? Yeah. We went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a fun trip. Yeah, we were talking about that before trip. you got here. Yeah, we <laughs> that was a great trip, man. Oh, man. Um, I only lost a $2,000 watch. Oh yeah, you did. Oh, you did. I'm sensing yeah. a trend here. So you've lost sunglasses, watches. I just watches. shouldn't buy nice shit, man. I think no. that's that's the, yeah. Yeah, that, that sucked. It's one of my favorite. We uh, I banged on the door at Casanoble, and the faceplate to this thing was like a, at least a quarter inch. I remember that watch. It was an Invicta. It was a really that's where big, huh? excessive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but in any case, we're uh, there's a lot of shit to talk about. None the least of which my bone that I've been massaging here that Ed found. And you can interpret that in a number of ways. I don't yeah, think you should say bone and massage I love this fucking bone. And I don't mean Ed's bone. I Ed, mean, he loves your bone. It's a hair. It's not I'm a hair piece. That sounds even worse. It's a fucking barrette. Is that what they call them? It's a hair thing to put your hair that in. That would like, be like, um, that's like a, think about like putting chopsticks in your hair. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, but it's a really gnarly, awesome It's like a rib bone, bone that, attached to a vertebrae. It's, like, it's an elk bone. I got it at uh, the, the, the weekend market at uh, in Portland. One of the only cool things to experience in Portland comes yeah. outside One of the One of the only addicts. cool things to... Yeah, we went to... Like, I fucking love that town. Jesus. Don't, so ruin, don't ruin that town for me. I go there a lot. It's got a dark side, man. Well, it does we have a dark side. That's for sure. We yeah, right. <laughs> the guy that's like about to go into so the dungeon. The dungeon good, good, and the okay. sex house. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't like it. It's, it's, just, it's just candy. It's like, it's, it's too easy. Mm. Um, but anyway, oh, I got you need, this... You need to go for the hunt. Yeah, the says the wolf. You gotta go, go on a hunt. Go to Des Moines, finding, like, then. <laughs> finding like your sex caves in your dungeons where you didn't. So like I need to go to like Utah and then <laughs> right, find yeah. the action. Oh, yeah. It's much easier to find the weird in Portland. Oh my, oh god, my god, it's every step. But anyway, I bought this hair thing to put up my hair, and I thought I lost it. I thought I lost it like going into a movie theater. But who's your buddy? Who found it? Fucking Ed. And I can't believe like you've had it this long in our basket of, of electronics. Uh, that's not entirely true. And oh. You didn't be like, hey, <laughs> I, didn't I actually did know I had it. I forgot about it until you said, I can. <laughs> we were sitting here waiting for you to arrive, Arthur, and I'm not shitting you. So let's look at how Arthur's sitting at the moment. <laughs> Kendall pulls the chair out and said, I know Arthur is going to need plenty of room so he can come over here and sit yoga style <laughs> in the chair. And as she said, he's probably going to roll up with his like hair all up in a bun. And I said, oh, shit, I have his like yeah. bone hair clip. And that's why I pulled it out of the, the case and put uh, it on the table for you. I know Arthur a little bit, like just a little. Right. We totally just like, predicted bit. all of it. Well, Other than the American Gladiator apparel, I think we had it nailed down. I know. Oh. I, I was very surprised to see an American flag <laughs> on your shirt today. Now I'm a fucking communist yogi. <laughs> <laughs> that wears weird shit in their hair. Um, oh. You know what? Um... I, I think I've got a. Keegan said, "That's your about, opinion, man." <laughs> I was about to say bone to pick, and I was like, "That's that's way too fucking horrible and pun." Well, you already said you were massaging Ed's bones. Fargan. So, I mean, that's Fargan. Fargan bone to pick. Fargan. You had you had I'm, some you had something to say, man. man like I, I know I, you've I, had I, some weird transcendental shit going on. Oh my god! I so mean, just, tell us about your transcendental that, experiences and your space travel. Oh, it's too long. Way too right. long. I, I'm gonna throw some gratitude because you found my bone, even though you didn't tell me you had my bone, even though I spent. <laughs> Many nights being like, God damn, I wish I had my bone. Um, and I even ordered some bogus ones offline that are they offline. They weren't great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> offline. I got people that just stop by my door and knock on it. They wear Amazon shirts. Need like, to buy any animal carcasses? Does anybody have, have any roadkill right they could go right. get a, dig a bone out of? It's for, the dude that drops by uh, with American flag shirts and roadkill. <laughs> hey, kid, I'm happy I got my bone. Um, and I am curious what... Um, what Kendall had to drink last night because we've gotten away from our, our opening line, but that's going to be the theme of all day today. Well, what I had to drink last night, shit. I, <laughs> I'm i on a the Whole30. You're doing it too? Uh-huh. So I haven't had a drink. It's basically like keto, but, oh, okay. but you're doing, I do no dairy, no grains, no added sugar, um, and I'm not drinking for 30 days. And I think this is day 
18. Three? Oh. <laughs> day <laughs> three. This is day no, three. No, this it's is terrible. like day 18. So trust me, like I'm missing my wine and I'm a big tequila water drinker. And like, I know it's basic for owning a craft cocktail bar. It's like, I should be drinking cocktails, but I'm a pretty, I'm, I'm a simplistic person when it comes to drinking. I like to taste my spirits. Well, I said also, your brother's doing it too, because when I uh-huh. walked in the other day, he had a shirt tucked in. I was like, yeah. oh, damn, dude, you look like you're slimming down a little Jay's bit. Jay's doing it, Cameron's doing it, my mom's doing it, my dad's doing it, my sister Kara's doing it, and Kaylee and well, Zach are doing it. You guys got like a support network. Yeah, man. Well, Cameron lives with Jay and I at the moment, so our whole household is just Is this brother 30. Keegan standing right next to us holding some cock? I just got some <laughs> You can't ask me questions about maintenance right now on a podcast. So I walked in today, and like literally, they're painting, they're changing out lighting and the flooring, they're doing all kinds of stuff. And I was like, "This can't." I know this is a busy bar, but goddamn, this can't be every fucking Monday, can it? Like, oh yeah, the of opening, course, opening yeah, yeah. duties. Well, that's what it's. Yeah. Well, I was like, "So, uh, what'd you drink last night, Ed?" Man, I had. Uh, man, I don't know. I just kind of been reaching for whatever is in, in arm's reach at the end of the night because I'm still in the process of moving. And we're still in the process of uh, well, Sorry, we're finishing up. Oh, no, you're good. We were just talking about how, like, you know, maintenance and, and things that you guys have to are doing today. But I thought oh, yeah. maybe it was like a weekly thing. Well, we're in, I mean, kind of a whole like redesign-ish process for Ball and Biscuit. Like when we first opened, like the chandeliers that are in here now weren't here, and and the color scheme is very much like what every other craft cocktail bar in the city or in other cities ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just needed kind of a facelift. So we're putting in like permanent patio tables. We're changing the paint colors. Um, you know, we've got the bathrooms being redone. Just needed, I mean, after eight years, it just has had a lot of wear and tear and needed a facelift. We had to do that a couple weeks ago, Black Market. Um, not that we did give it a complete facelift, but it's just kind of like this just you know, refinish the floors because we were closed for a week. So, oh, um, yeah. and that was, you know, part of our week oh, off. I think Kaylee came in and told me you guys were doing and, that. And yeah, I was like, I'm looking around at the design. I'm like, yeah, this was really forward thinking when we opened, you know, oh, yeah. seven years or eight years ago, whatever. Like now it looks like all the other. Like, I love going places, to Black Market. You know? I think that it's really cool because you have the communal tables, and I don't feel like yeah. anyone else in the city really does that. And I, I enjoy it because I feel like it is very New York, Chicago-esque, and I enjoy, like, I It was trendy for a second, then it dropped off, but it really works in our space there. We didn't have oh, yeah. any options because it was so long and narrow. It was like, you know, we could cut the number I of seats in half. I think it works well, and or, I think some people probably don't like sitting next to other people that close to eat their dinner, but I have no problem with it. It's an American it. thing. I think it's cool. Know, yeah. Like, in other, other countries, you share your space. If you're, hey, you if go you're to France, a, and even if you have a separate table, table, it's only like two inches away from someone yeah, else's. If you're yeah. a one person at a four top, you might have someone come by and sit at your shit. It's yeah. an open mm-hmm. seat, and we're, we're just like, ah. I need all my space. I was talking about that the other day about being in Italy. Um, the first time I went to Rome, I was sitting uh, on the patio at Grano, and at the time I still smoked cigarettes. And like the server saw my cigarette sitting on the table, and he dropped off an ashtray. And there's like a guy sitting at a table next to me, which is all of four inches away. Right. So he was eating his dinner. I'm like, well, I don't want to be that dick that lights a cigarette right while he's trying to eat. And so I didn't, um, and we ordered our food, and they dropped it off. And he had finished his meal, and he lit a cigarette right in the middle well, of my meal. You guys started and I was eating. like, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't yeah. have tried to be so polite. Uh, that's you know? what you get, man. That's, that's what you it's, get. It's, the Italians, man, everybody over there smokes. It's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, like, literally. Uh, for, there's there ashtrays in the non-smoking rooms, which I think are awesome. Well, I always think that it's hilarious in Italy that everything's done at the tobacco shops. Like everything. You need stamps, tobacco shop. You need to get bus tickets, tobacco shop. Train tickets. Well, I mean... Obviously, tobacco as well. Like, everything's literally done at those tobacco shops. It's insane. Huh. I don't think I've ever been to a tobacco shop in Italy. They're everywhere. How is that even possible? How did you go anywhere? Well, maybe I don't remember it. Uh, that's, that's probably possible. more likely. Maybe maybe I was there. Maybe <laughs> I was with Kendall. Fuck, I don't know. I I haven't been to Italy because I feel like when I go, I probably won't come home. Oh, it's, yeah. It's an awesome experience. I almost didn't come home from Scotland. I'm obsessed Scotland's with Scotland's awesome I'm experience, obsessed. too. Did you guys go, uh, where'd you fly into? Uh, well, we flew into, um, I can't talk. Aberdeen? Well, no. Um, Edinburgh? Not Edinburgh. It starts with a G. And I don't know why I'm not. But it was fun. Glasgow. 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 Oh, Glasgow. Okay. And, and um, 
then we, I mean, we went all over. This is my second time there, though. The first time we flew in and out of Edinburgh, which is my favorite city mm -hmm. for sure. But we went all over and we had this awesome tour guide and she was with us the entire time. But she was like, I'll give you information if you want it. But like literally everywhere we went, she, we'd drive by and she knew the history of everywhere. And we went all over. We went to Jura. We went to Isla. We went to Inverness. We went to um, Oban. We went to... Edinburgh, awesome. I mean, everywhere. And we did a really cool, like, Loch Ness tour. And then we went to this. Oh, we Nessie. Went, so cool. I went to this ruined castle that, that literally the, was built, like, in the 1200s initially. The Eileen Doran Castle. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's and, where they filmed Highlander. They can only be on one, bitches. Really? I just, yeah, yeah. I, I went there and I thought like I'd see pictures of Christopher Lambert all over the place. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they were. There. Like, that's I, what they want to put. Yeah, that's, where, that's where it was filmed. Like, I sat in a parking lot and I listened to the soundtrack to Highlander. You know, like Queen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you want to live forever? That kind of shit. And oh, yeah. we're not. And I was like, all right, cardboard cutouts, Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery. Where are you at? Nope. And no, it was, uh, it was a real castle. Because there. of the uh, 800 years of history there, the one thing they're going to be the most proud of is Christopher Lambert. There were real people that lived there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it was like, but it was crazy to just let girls. people walk around and literally I put my hand on a wall that was built in the 1200s and I was like, yeah. Serious? Like, it, I mean, it's I feel it that way amazing. about Europe in general. Like, yeah. you know, Some we, we talk about ways. historical protection, and, you know, it's like, this building's 100 years old. You can't change anything. I'm like, you know, the Italians are like, really? 100, 100 years, years old? <laughs> yeah. Like, my apartment is 900 years old. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, it's... Um, I know. I, that's so sad. In Greece, we... they're more relaxed about you getting close to ruins. In Mesoamerica, you can go down to, like, the, the Mayan and, and, and Aztec ruins and, and have a little bit more free range to do what you want on them. Um, but in you know certain areas like you know Rome, you can see like old classic ancient Rome from afar. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you're walking you know all around the the um, Coliseo, the Colosseum, and and everything, and then you're, you you know you're behind you know you look down into an area that's completely roped off, and that oh the like pits, the, the yeah. ancient ruins, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. Two, and three the forum and all that, right? Yeah, and but like even the fountains and stuff, walking through Rome or Paris. Where true, like, very true. Yeah. Like classical art, works of art that well, aren't the going to be moved. And still, especially in Paris, they're just stunning. I mean, it's stunning walking through Paris. And people are like, it's dirty. I'm like, there's nothing, like, it's not dirty at all it's, it's compared no, to a lot of the cities in the U.S. Like, we're trash pandas for sure. It's no more dirty <laughs> than any other major city. And it's actually relatively clean. Um, Paris gets a bad rap because of Americans' experience in Paris with Parisians and, you know. Don't be a dick and be nice. Right, just, I was you don't act like the Kardashians. They have no problem yeah, with just you. Just learn how to say. Don't hello. dress like Arthur's dressed at the moment and walk <laughs> in and demand yourself a Budweiser. Oh, Arthur, you have you had a bad experience in Paris because of that shirt? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I've had bad experiences in Paris uh, simply on my um, my nature and myself. Um, had nothing to do with clothes. Shocking. Um, that, 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 that's the I've best had, part B I've of it. It has nothing to do with clothing. I've had great experiences in Paris. <laughs> uh, if but, I, I don't, but I don't act like you. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you don't. You don't. And good for you. Um, oh, that's not what I meant. No, that's a bit. No, seriously, good for you. Uh, I can't tell you how many, um, how much my tomfoolery has uh, got me into trouble over the years. But and when I travel abroad, I'm. I'm a polite traveler. I don't wear. Nah, you were a polite traveler. You know. Oh yeah, I travel with you. with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm respectful. I learn how to say hello. Another bottle. Where's my luggage? Bathroom. How much? All that shit. <laughs> right. All that shit. I'm very polite. I try to be. I'm I'm polite just, as fuck. I'm just scary looking to some people. So you said so, you're giving a facelift to the bar here. Yes. Because I'm, I'm, I'm while you guys are chatting about your fun travels in Paris, I'm just watching your poor brother over there install the uh, the lighting. On the step up into the lounge area. Yes. Which I know he was real thrilled about when I got here uh, today because this was just done and he's redoing someone else's work. Yes. And he was pissed. So uh -huh. he had to like scrape all this yeah. caulk out from that like channel and redo I'm it gonna, all. I'm, all I'm going to say is thank God I have handy brothers. Like my, my dad was like that guy that wouldn't call a plumber you know, until it, like it was too late. So literally, my dad's super handy, but like literally, my brothers like if if I can't do it and I'm pretty handy myself, I call one of them. And Cameron's got a ton of electrical electrical 
Yeah, and, and, this is, and this is why you're not doing the electricity. Right? Electrical work. <laughs> or spelling bees for that matter. Right? Hey, I'm a great speller. You didn't ask me to spell it. I don't think anybody like of this century is, is a great speller. We're I'm just we're removed speller. from actually having to spell things. Granted, I was hanging out with some friends at Verge on Illiterate, but um, I had someone the other day ask me how to spell sour. Oh. What? Like, wow, really? Really? Sour? Okay, whatever. They asked, right. they, that was a legitimate question. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Yeah. You know, your dad, like, yeah. I just found out about like your dad's like history and like the food sciences. Oh, yeah. I was at the bar the other day, and I, I don't know why. I, well, I don't know why I would ask about well, your dad. Yeah. But, right, but most people would. But everybody else knew. Apparently, they're all like, "Oh yeah, you didn't know that." Like, oh no. yeah. Like, well, I mean, I wanted to be a chef for a really long time, and honestly, craft cocktails kind of. It, I don't know. It it tickled. It scratched that itch for me. I guess it was like. It's cooking with liquid, you know, like it gets really creative. But when we were younger, because there's eight of us, my parents, who wants to cook a meal for 10 people every night? So my parents would like pair us off and they'd stock the fridge and they'd be like, you and you are cooking dinner. And I was like, okay. And I was like, that's awesome. And we we did the dishes. We set the table, we cleared the table, but it was like we paired off. And so those were the two that were responsible for it that night. So usually it was like my older sister, Kaylee, and I. And. I was that weird kid that was like, I wanted to decorate plates and I wanted to put out courses. And it was more like my mom was like, just fucking make spaghetti. And I was like, <laughs> no. So, I mean, definitely, definitely did. But it was really fun to be creative in that way. And my dad's a baker. Um, he's the director of research and development at Harlem Bakeries. And he basically just creates, I'm not allowed to name the names of his clients, but he makes bagels and... Yeah, he's like huge in the bagel business, for, right? I mean, he, I mean like, not just bagels. I mean, like, but an innovator. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you more insight <laughs> off of the podcast because I don't think I'm allowed to reveal that. But um, a lot of really big brands, a lot of really big companies, like he just creates recipes for them and then produces them in bulk. But he's one of the only people in the industry that does what he does. And I think that, I mean, like Christmas morning, we all get homemade biscuits and gravy every year. And every year, it's like we all get healthier and healthier. And my mom's like, "Can we do something healthy?" We're like, "No." Like biscuits and gravies, this is the only time of year, unless someone requests on a birthday, that we get homemade biscuits and gravy. So it's like, I mean, they're little traditional things, but it was like, everyone always asks, so do you have a bunch of bagels at home? And I was like, you know how the saying, like the baker's family never has any bread. Like we, I mean, we had some bagels and stuff, but we didn't really eat, we didn't really eat bagels growing up, but he's from New Jersey originally. And you know, it's all about the water, you know, everything's about the water. So, um, he, uh, it's just really cool. He's he's so talented, and he's he would. I'm not saying that because he's my dad. Like if he sucked, I'd be like he's terrible. But um, <laughs> I would. But he, I mean, he's so creative, and th- my parents have always just like pushed us to be as creative as as we can. And I know a lot of people have asked me like they don't understand my style of bartending because majority of of craft cocktail bartenders look at all the classic recipes and they make riffs or builds off of those builds, you mm-hmm. know and. I totally can do that and I totally relate, but how did those classics become classics if we didn't create new things, sure. right? So for me, it's like I just take the base spirit and treat it kind of like, here's my protein and like what's going to complement that? Like the Flavor Bible is one of my best friends as far as finding yeah, flavor flavors and complements because gins have so many different botanicals and, you know, um, tequilas, there's different flavorings and spices, not flavorings, but like how, where the mm-hmm. agave plants grow, they take on the flavor of the land. And so... You know, I just I just create drinks based on what's going to complement that spirit mainly. Mm, I mean, I, I shouldn't be surprised that there's there's such an, an interesting sort of um, uh, genesis for your ideas about cocktails or your, your approach to it. Kendall's uh, is is a, a bad mother fargan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't I work got, quite I as well. Like it. It. I don't really like work, it. It. No, she's competed in like an extraordinary. Although I think she's. Maybe hung up that hat at least for the time being of competing, but I, yeah. I mean I've seen her at copious competitions where she just, she brings it, and I I look at other candidates when I see her on the list of competitors, I'm just like, sorry guys. Yeah, your presentations you know, are always really well polished. The, the, the drinks are fucking awesome too. Yeah. I mean she she does a remarkable job as a competitor, and I've had people kind of call me out. They're like, you just like Kendall. I'm like, oh god, the local she, all the local stuff is like. Everyone thinks it's a favorite, and and, uh, and you're you're a great judge. I mean, trust me, I've I've been to a lot of cocktail competitions where I've been like, man, that drink wasn't the best, but I know why that person won. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I'm not I'm not naming names or being crappy, but it's just like, truthfully, like when you judge, it's it's always based on like what I would judge it off of. It's like, how's the flavor? How's 
you know, like, how's the presentation? How did you do on, on your presentation? Do you know your brand? Why did you use this product? Product Like, you know, what's the, you know, I, I, I really have always appreciated when you judged and thank you. And I've heard that too. Like Arthur just likes you. And I'm like, actually I just do my research. Like I do my shit. Do a great fucking job. I mean, I like a lot of people, but they cut corners or they don't do a great job on cocktails. And maybe it's because they think that we have an existing relationship, but I mean, I try and remain as, uh, as objective as possible, but the simple truth is, is you make really good fucking cocktails. You also know your shit. So I'm, I have a bad reputation of, being that judge where I come in and like, ah, oh, God damn it. You know, like, what's he going to ask? Because <laughs> if you if you pour a product in a cocktail and then you're a competition, and mm-hmm. I'm not going by USBG standards or oh, no. whatever. It's just my own. Like, I think from, it's a courtesy. If you're doing a competition with someone's and it's like for a specific brand, you better know. know the brand. You better know why the fuck you're putting that brand yeah, in. Right. You don't know why the Fargus you're putting <laughs> that brand in. <laughs> in, in, a, in. In your cocktail, like, you know, what's the flavor profile? What's in, how do they build it? What's the mash build? What, you know, like, depending on what it is. But so many people are like, I really, I don't know why. I don't know why I use this. And I'm like, how, well, do, you, then, how do you not know or want to know? Yeah. It's, not, then don't use it. Or, you know. Or hey, the rest of the accompanying ingredients, I find, as well. Like, I mean, you, no, or they, the they come in and they, you can see they read all the specs. I'm like, I've heard those competitions as well. Like, the bartenders go up and they, they've read all the spec sheets and they know all yeah. the history of this distillery. And they're like, okay, well, why did you put that Moscow in with uh, that particular rum? And they're like, well, I mean, it's what we use it's at the smoky. bar. Or, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's just, it's always some half assing. It's like, you got to know everything that goes yeah. into the cocktail. No, but right? I, I when you do these competitions as well, you're very often one of the only females in town doing these. True. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of across the board. I mean, we don't have a lot of really big, badass female bar owners in town. And that's why one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. You know, we've, we've seen more. There are more. Definitely the more. I think different kind con- Different competitions also attract different people. Like, uh, sure. we have a thing here in Indy. And as a free trip involved, Kendall's probably involved. <laughs> if, there's, if there's a trip. I'm always messing with her because she gets so many fucking free trips. I well, wish I, I mean, if, I'm sorry. If I, if I can compete and I can win a trip doing mm-hmm. it, see ya. What's the prize? A free bottle of booze? Well, nah. I used to be a flight attendant and I found that Did travel. You really? Yeah. Travel was my first passion. And then I was taking care of guests in the air and I was like, this is cool. Except for like, I don't really get to travel very much because there's not really off time. You get like two days, but you fly standby and it's like, will I make it? Will I make it back for my shift? I don't know. Right. So I found out that I really love it. And I honestly, like, I love what I do, but I work to travel. Hmm. I had no idea that you were a flight attendant yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Who did you work good. for? I worked for United and Delta. Okay. Yeah. But Jeez. I was like 20. 20 I was going to say, at what age? I was like, you're so young now. I've, like, done, a lot of, I've done a lot of weird shit. <laughs> like a lot. Mm, uh, good just, time. I've always heard that about the uh, the folks that work for the airlines. It's like, yeah, you get to travel a lot, but you don't get to stay anywhere because you might have six hours and yeah. that's, you know, you've got to account for, you know, getting your stuff ready and whatever. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and it was really cool. It was a great experience. And I, I'm one of those people that, like, will always dress up. Like, I mean, I'll wear jeans on a long flight or something, but I, I can't wear, like, sweats or yoga right. pants on a plane. I just, I feel guilty. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like... I'm laughing because Arthur would literally wear yoga pants to, like, church. Yeah, that's you know? true. Well, I mean, but <laughs> Arthur... Wouldn't. But, yeah, I don't... Like, it's nothing against anyone. I don't care if anyone else does it. It's just, for me, it's like... I might not wear a pair of heels, but, like, I'm definitely going to wear flats and a jeans and a nice top. And, you know, I usually wear a blazer that I can, like, take off with a tank top underneath mm-hmm. it. But I just... I, I feel like it's respectful to I'm, how the airline used to run. I think I'm with you on that because my, yeah. my dad uh, retired from Delta Airlines. And so when we traveled as a kid, uh, when I was a kid, we, we always flew standby as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was like back, that was back in the day where a lot of airlines had first class and Delta. I think Delta still probably does. Delta, but Delta still does. I don't think they're I mean, like. But that, those were always the seats too. that if there were going to be empty seats on a flight, those were going to be it. So we pretty much always ended up in first class. Mm-hmm. But like. It was in the rules. Uh, oh, yeah, there was that, a like, standard for what you had to be wearing wear. a suit. It didn't matter if you were three or if you were the employee. You had to be dressed in formal wear. Like, oh, yeah. Not like a tuxedo or whatever. So, no, but definitely. Yeah, when I fly, I always throw on a blazer because if you're going to get bumped up to first class because they got an empty seat, they're probably not grabbing the guy in sweats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you well, know? if you always notice, like, the, the flight attendants in the airport, they're always in heels. They can change into flats once the flight takes off, but they have to wear heels for, like, a, like, a, like arrival, really? departure, and in the airport. So I always carried a pair of flats with me and heels, and 
I got really good at working well, in heels. Well, I'm glad they real. put more priority on how everyone is dressed <laughs> as opposed to just customer service and mm-hmm. flights arriving on time and working and you know not tasing guests. Yeah, man. Yeah. Our, well, not letting them fly out of a window. That's a whole other episode of like just how shitty American Airlines are. Like not the company, oh. but just in general, because especially when you start to go to other countries where it's subsidized mm. and you get really amazing service, like it's actual service. I think the first time I flew on Korea Air, I was oh. like, oh, this is like actually like having a server. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. pardon me, I have a question. They're like, oh, yeah, what can I get for you? Like, can I get a glass of wine? Absolutely. Here's our menu. They're like, Whoa. why didn't I just get yelled at for like getting her attention? Right? Like, usually it's like, what the fuck do you want? No. Service isn't until we hit 20,000 feet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see Kendall, like, on a flight from here to Detroit, like, getting a gin and tonic for somebody being like, I do have some (laughs) Himalayan salt in my pocket as well as some some (laughs) drunken dates if you would like, you know. I'm not going to lie and say I haven't, like, put together old-fashioned kits. I was going to ask about that. (laughs) So this is a thing, right? So um, Like, there's no part of me that's going to lie about, like, pre-peeling orange peels and... You know, putting together like my own simple and like a mini airplane bottle or something. I have no shame. What's the coolest cocktail you've made in the air? Oh my God. Probably, honestly, probably just an old fashioned, but it was like a a mezcal old fashioned or rum old fashioned, truthfully. You made nice with, mm-hmm. with booze that you brought? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not supposed to do that, but I certainly have done it. So, this is a whole thing. Um, and I got into a really long conversation with uh, my interior designer uh, a couple weeks ago about it. She didn't, hadn't heard of it. Um, I've never actually done it, but there's like a whole thing. Have uh, you heard the Mile High Cocktail Club? I think no. they, Ground oh, Zero yeah. is like supposedly like Chris Hanna mm-hmm. uh, had done it and taken some pictures. Um, and now it's become this competitive thing between bartenders to make the most intricate drink you can in the air. And if you search the hashtag, I think it's Mile High Cocktail Club. Okay. Um, I've seen, I've seen a Ramos Fizz. Oh my and god! The, yeah, on an like airplane? people are really starting to get crazy That's with super it. Super cool. And there's like rules, like kind of unofficial rules, but like you can't like. Yeah. You, you can bring the tools or whatever, but you have to order at least the booze from you know the oh, cart yeah. and whatever. Definitely. And, I, I want to know, like maybe. <laughs> so what can you get away actually, with? I'm going to ask this on the air because I want I want little 50 mls of Campari real bad and vermouth. <laughs> like I just want to be able to make my Negroni, Negroni on an airplane. Yeah. Can airlines start carrying Campari and sweet vermouth? Well, I, th- I think in the official not the official rules. There's no official rule book as far as I'm aware, but it, you know the accepted standards is like you can. You have to order, like, one booze, but you can bring your own bottles if you need to do stuff. So, like, I've definitely seen Negronis up there on Instagram. I mean, I'll I'll for sure order the gin. That's fine. Let's let's just push it. Let's Let's do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who made a Ramos Fizz in the air, but whoever that person was, that's the winner. (laughs) I hope it was, like, a mini shaker tin. I hope it was, like, (laughs) Like a tiny tiny shaker tin. A little little tiny dry shake. (laughs) (laughs) It would be so cute. I had a Negroni slushy in Chicago a week or so ago. Yeah, where were you at? I've made, uh, I've made uh, uh, frozen Negronis before. Pearson, Parsons Chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some famous chicken place. Mm-hmm. And they uh-huh. I've been there. Slushies. I don't yeah, love the Negroni cool. as a frozen drink. I, that was You saw them there a bit. It popped up as a, um, I don't want to say a trend, oh. but a kind of a I've done it for Negroni week before. Yeah. I didn't dig it. The, I just I feel like it brings up the uh, Campari a little bit more than I it, it, it was out of balance. It was, the Campari was heavy. It was too bitter, and it, di- it didn't have any mid-palate or viscosity because of the, the I actually do a little bit of ruby red grapefruit juice in mine when it's frozen because mm-hmm. it does need something right, to help right. it freeze because it's so boozy, but I... I really like it because it wasn't. Uh, ruby red grapefruit, for some reason, always reminds me of a butthole. No one Anyone needs to know that? why. <laughs> like, we're just, Kendall and I are just staring at you like, what? Uh, no. <laughs> no, ruby red grapefruit like, never could, made you think of a sphincter. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to hate it. Are we but talking about it? Grapefruit juice. It's like, are we talking visually or taste? <laughs> visually. <laughs> no, I was thinking, I was thinking taste. I was like, I don't know what no, bubble you've been in. No, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, like, your, I don't butt, know. your butt tastes like New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> oh um, no, just the look of so it. So glad we're having this uh, mm. recording in front of your family. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, so, oh, my yeah. family is as vulgar as oh, shit, is that the your next person. Yeah. That's your mom's my mom. Oh. My dad. Oh, that's Todd. That's uh, my kitchen manager. Oh, my bad. No, I can't He's the that. only non-blood well, related mom. person in the building at the oh, moment. So there's too much shit to talk to. We need I'm bumping into my microphone over here. We need to get back to uh, to Kindle and something. Yeah, no, we were talking about Kendall when she was talking about being the, uh, you know, we, right, we talked about the age of Bomb Biscuit. We talked about her, her competing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, you're the operating partner here, but you yeah. didn't start off here. Were you still a flight attendant at the time? No, I actually was working for the corporate office at P.F. Chang's in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow. Mm-hmm. I worked at the, the P.F. Chang's at Keystone for a really long time, but I've worked at like like those late night bars, like hole in the wall places downtown. Um, Did you ever look at the, like, the nutritional value of, of the food at P.F. Chang's? Oh, I... Yes, it's it's scary. Have you ever done that, Ed? No, I don't eat at PF Chang's. Well, I ate there once, and then I looked at their nutritional value, and I haven't eaten there again. Just never look at the nutritional value of anything that's well, a chain. No, but I was curious. Because mm-hmm. it's available. Well, <laughs> like, I worked there. Yeah. I worked there before. You know, like when it was there was the GMs were also like part owners. You know, and then they they right. went really corporate. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the nutritional factor was never different for sure. But. Um, you know, like uh, Chris Farney, who works at Provisions up yeah, north Chris, now. Yeah, he's a good dude. He was my yeah, GM the, at the time. He's a GM up at Provisions. And I, I adore him. Like, he was probably one of the best GMs I've ever had. But um, when he left, I mean, I feel like the way that they changed everything kind of fell apart. Um, but there was a, a great service standard when I was there. I mean, it was like you weren't allowed to put trays on the tables. Everyone had to carry a tray. Mm-hmm. You had to box everything up at the tables in front of people. I mean, there were so many things that you had to do. And I I really appreciated it because I'm a real OCD weirdo anyway. But the fact that, like, they enforced those standards, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I also worked at Oceanair. I was a host, excuse me, a hostess there for several years. So Richard Edwards was the GM at the time. And he I and like I really corporate close. corporate restaurants don't get enough credit for that structure and yeah. like the service standards. I love when people come in with a resume and they're like, Oh, like I've, I've only worked at like Fridays or Applebee's. I'm like, that's cool. Cause yeah. we can teach you all the other stuff. You mean, yeah. Like you're coming into it with a good service professionals come in with a resume. <laughs> yeah. It what happens. A, what a crazy kind of, I love it when I'm in a restaurant. I can't even tell you how many times people come in in like gym clothes at oh, yeah, like uh, six o'clock on a Friday and I'll hand me a resume and I'll be job. like, rip, I'm ripping it up in front of you. Like you're an idiot. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, like, I'm amazed they bother to come in. Usually they come in and are like, you guys are in your application. Oh, I get the people that like call. You know, they call, hey, mm-hmm. you guys hiring? I'm like, nope. If you're calling, absolutely <laughs> not. You couldn't even drag your ass out of your house to yeah, come down. Yeah, and, and I think <laughs> that the majority of this generation, they don't understand that like in between two and four, like Sunday, even Sunday, like Sunday through Wednesday is an appropriate time to come in. But like if you try and come in on a weekend, it's like when people come in and, and ask if I can taste spirits with them or taste beer with them. Right, the sales like, rep coming in. on a Friday at like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah, I got something in my bag. You want to try like it? Like it's one of the, no. it's like, this is my Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not like, I no, I do not have time. Like, and, and you have my card, you have my number, schedule an appointment. Like. I don't know. That's that's a pet peeve for me because a lot of people just walk in thinking you'll make time, and it, like I would love to. I, I'm never going to pass up the opportunity to taste new things. But like when I'm busy and you just interrupt my day, like I don't want to carry you because you don't know a, how to a, do your the job. The standard that should be in place there, where you respect someone's time, and, and you know you you just don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's your job to take care of the guests. It's wholesalers' jobs to to take care of their partners in business, their accounts, their customers. And you, you do what's good according to, like, I hate, and from my angle, like, uh, doing spirit dinners or doing wine dinners where I'm the speaker. Uh, my worst pet peeve is when someone comes in from out of town, from another market, you know, and maybe they're a famous beverage person or maybe they're just a sales rep or who knows, an ambassador. But you go to an account who has been, like, preparing this dinner, who's set up a menu, who's invited people, who's been tracking RSVPs and everything, and then douchebag shows up, and he or she is like, "Oh well, we can't do that course in this, in in, in this lineup. We gotta we gotta move the second course, the third course, or those mm. glasses aren't good enough." And and it's like, "Fuck you! You just arrived here. Why don't you just shut up?" And when it's time for you to get up and speak, speak, and then go around and be nice to people and try and sell your product. Like that's your your role in this is to make mm-hmm. us be as successful as possible at this dinner. It's not to, to come in and bark orders like, I just showed up half an, half an hour before the dinner and these glasses won't work and mm-hmm. you need to polish 50 more glasses. Yeah. yeah. This is the greatest people watching. I'm like, no oh, one yeah. can see it. I'm like, but like Arthur is like distracted with every person that walks down the sidewalk. We should have never, like you keep well, yeah, yeah, turning yeah, your mouth away <laughs> from the microphone and with every person that passes. You're like, if, if oh, anybody yeah. listening is wondering why the Arthur is, is fading in and out. The best is that people really can't see in. 
And so they always check their hair and their faces and their makeup. Oh, they tinted really heavily on the oh, outside? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see you guys when I walked past. No, you can see your own reflection, and it's really funny to watch people. It's great. Well, it's a good day for my excessive distraction, because honestly, I'm really not thinking about anything except my bone right now. And your I'm, hair? I'm, yeah, and, and, and my hair. I'm, I'm basking in the ambiance of, my, of being reacquainted. With, uh, with my, my This place looks so day. different in the daytime, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I, that's what I um, was saying as I was rolling up. I was on the phone. I'm like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen the Ball and Biscuit in quite such bright light. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, and you guys are, you said you're giving it a facelift. I mean, it's got still very, it's got that speakeasy vibe. I remember when the place was built, uh, your brother-in-law, Zach, mm-hmm. um, was the operating partner at yeah. the time. And um, he's now part of Wilkes & Wilson, which if you want to go back and listen to our interview with Greg Wilson. Greg, we did yeah. that uh, last year sometime. Yeah. But I remember he was talking about when that brick wall went up, he had to like convince the uh, the masonry guys to like put too much mortar in to squish it out the yeah. edges because it was the look he was going for. And they're like, no, but it's like, that's a shitty job. He's like, but that's what I'm that's going what for. Yeah, there's so many people that come in here and they're like, what was this building before? And I was like, <laughs> it's a brand it was <laughs> literally a parking lot. And then they built the building and this was just like concrete floors and drywall. Like there wasn't anything in here at all. Nothing. Yeah. I remember when this building went up mm-hmm. and when he was talking about opening that place up and yeah. I was like, yeah. And you're, Oh look, your brother got the lights working. <laughs> oh no, I'm well aware. So you guys <laughs> just announced that you're going to be doing another location. Yes. Uh, that was just a couple days ago that it got announced it, wasn't it? Or last uh, week? A couple weeks ago. A couple weeks IB- ago. IBJ, right. I think it kind of got leaked yeah. um, because of the historical society. We had to submit oh, the, the plans. hearing. And then, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not leaked, obviously. It's public, but um, the hearing kind of brought it to people's attention. And <laughs> yeah, it's the old Talbot Street bar at 22nd and Talbot. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah. That's going to be actually, crazy. We're only doing the old, I don't know if anyone ever went in there, but it's the drag show yeah. side. So we're, okay. we have the drag side and the green space, but the other side isn't occupied yet. And I truly, if anyone's listening that wants to open a concert venue, it would be, it already has the stage and everything. It'd be a great concert venue for that area. It's a little, yeah. a little bigger than high five. It. Right? Mm-hmm. it needs to be another uh, metal club here in town. Like I think Black Circle Brewing is the only place doing a lot of metal bands mm-hmm. at the moment. Well, I just think anybody that's going to bring in awesome people, that neighborhood is young yeah. families, you know, but I feel like they're young enough that it's like my age, you know, families, your age, your age families sure. that literally would enjoy somewhere to walk to and go it's, listen it's, to live music. It's on a cool trajectory right now. It's, yeah. it's growing. and So what's the concept of the new place going to be? I mean, being in that neighborhood, taking that into consideration. Um, it definitely has to be family style, mm-hmm. which is something that I used. Like I said, I worked at P.F. Chang, so I'm not foreign to that concept. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, we're going to do, I, I, I'm, I don't know how at Liberty I am to discuss exactly right, what we're doing right now. I was going to ask, are you allowed to actually talk um, too much about it? But I know it'll be family style. We've got a really cool idea in mind. Um, I know that I'm going to be doing things like the Heron kids are down the street. And so like, I'm going to be doing awesome, like milkshakes and slushies and cocktails on cool. draft, things that are easy to put out, but still really high quality. Yeah, and Heron's a... Uh our school mm-hmm. down the street. Yep. And, um, it's a high school now. Yeah, my stepdaughter. Last time you went school. down 16th Street, man. Yeah, it's a high school. No shit. Yeah, yeah, it was part of Indiana University's art school until like about a decade ago, at which oh, yeah. point it became a Heron High School. So the Heron kids, like, I, I would love for them to be able to come Shows after you school. Shows you like, in the art community. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, like, after school, that weird lull, they get out of school at like four, but from like four to five or four to six, that kind of weird lull that you don't really get that dinner mm-hmm. rush. I want the Heron kids to be able to come in and get like milkshakes and fries. Man, that and coffee shop across the street, like I used to hang out there quite a bit Thirsty with Scholar? Chef Micah. No, no, no. Across, um, oh, Foundry. Foundry, yeah. yeah. And man, you could always tell when school let out because you'd be st- sitting at a table quietly. I, was, oh, yeah. I would go over there with Chef Micah from Black Market and it would just be real quiet. We're discussing the menu and then all of a sudden there's 400 kids in oh, line yeah. to get coffee. Yeah. We're like, all right, we need to leave. <laughs> this Bye. is loud. Yeah, we're definitely... Uh, the outside, we're going to have a three-season patio. We'll have probably things like cornhole and a little area for, like, I don't know, like young adults and kids to, like, hang out, climb. And it, it'll be a really – it's a really cool gonna concept. be an adult playground. Yeah. Kinda. Does that change your role here at all at Ball uh, Biscuit? Definitely. I, I think that we're still kind of – it's really hard for me to kind of figure out how to delegate what I do. Because <laughs> I do – I'm marketing and I'm manager and I'm – you know, I, I'm – beverage director and I do all the scheduling and I'm HR and you know like I do payroll I do I do it all um 
and I really like doing it all, but obviously I won't be able to be in this, these four walls, you know, like all the time anymore. So I'm going to have to hire a GM and I'm probably going to have to hire a GM at the other place and just kind of, I'll be overseeing, I'll be, you know, still developing the menus, but, um, and doing social medias and making sure that obviously the standards are where we want them to be. Same owners and partners that are in here or same. Involved? Yeah. Trevor, Trevor Belden is, you know, majority shareholder and it'll definitely be him and I, um, I don't, think that it will be everybody that invested initially because we're, we're doing very well um, and have been doing very well for quite some time. So I don't think we need quite as many. Um, but it's, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for a new project. I can honestly say that, I mean, I, I love Ball and Biscuit. It's my baby. But like when you get good at something, me in particular, like I tend to kind of get a little bit bored with it. Sure. And I need, I need something new to do and I can change the menu so many times. Be careful on the addiction. I'm yeah. just, I've found that I, I get addicted to projects because it's fun yeah. to do a new cool thing and then you do a new cool thing and then it's like starts running. You're like, I'm going to mm-hmm. do another new cool thing. And then before you know it, you have way too many Five new cool things and you're cool fucking things. broke and you oh, don't yeah. know how to handle any of it. Yeah. And I've got another new cool thing personally in the works, but I'm not going to discuss no, it on air just in. yet. But no. as soon as I can. Well, we'll bring you, you back know. on. How about that? I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have fun little things. Uh, I got some fun little things going on. That I'm what do you got going on, man? Well, I'm not talking about it. I'm oh, you're, you throw it out there like, we're I got something cool. There's all these cliffhangers. I'm not going to tell you, right? <laughs> I, guess da, 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 da. I guess we're going to have to have a reveal party, you and I. <laughs> I like it. Let's we can do, do it. that. I like it. Keegan's got something going, too, and apparently it'll make you shit yourself. Keegan's part of what I'm doing, too. Amateur electrician. Yeah. Mine's not uh, secretive at all. A professional. Professional amateur. <laughs> professional amateur. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, are they, it seems like, um, and I was, I was talking about this a little bit earlier, uh, we have like kind of like, I would say entry-level competitions, but, competitions, but kind of like Devour Downtown. Is that still a thing? Are we still, is Devour Downtown still happening? You're so plugged in. Uh, well, because we yeah, stopped. We a lot of. My employer stopped partnering with them. Oh, gotcha. Uh, from the beverage side, so I assume that they're. They changed the name of it, though. I, I think believe. they did. Yeah. I, I've never participated in Devour Downtown because we're not a restaurant. I mean, right. we have food, but we, we do small plates, charcuterie, like dips, and I mean, sandwiches, which are really good, but it's never like a dinner special sure, type deal. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we've been asked several times, but we just don't. When we first opened, we only had catered food. So our kitchen is not necessarily built to do. I mean, we do high volume for sure, but it's definitely not built to do like devour downtown high volume. Right. You know, where you right. have like a cocktail special and food special. I mean, as much as I'd like to, we've had a lot of people ask us to do like outside events where we do like full meal catering or do wine dinners or you know and i would love to do that but it's just not we don't have the kitchen to do it so we'd have to cater everything in it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense what was the last competition you took part in uh the last competition well i judged the west whiskey competition recently that was cool steve simon won that one oh Um, really uh uh-huh yeah i was over there yeah yeah that was was really fun west fork yeah west fork whiskey company over there off of um was it like 17th and Bellefontaine? Last time I saw him in a competition, it was like last Halloween at, at Teeny. There was like a... He competes, yeah. he competes quite a bit, I feel like, especially locally. I he, think, I he, think did he did a great a job at this one, and there's like a Harry Potter theme, so everyone oh, cool. was like, you were there, right? I was there, yeah. yeah. So I dressed up like a barbarian. And yeah, I, you had the Viking stuff. I brought yeah. a, a real sword out that weighed like 25 pounds, and the Uber Got knocked driver. over a few times, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm lucky he didn't fall on somebody. Uh, it's got some sharp... You know, edges. Uh, but yeah. um yeah, I had like my horn Viking hat on, just sitting up at the counter yeah. judging and, and, and Steve he would have won. He he killed it. An amazing presentation. Everyone was using Yeah, his presentation's always beautiful. Yeah. And this was Harry Potter, so people were playing all alchemy and he's you know, That's people so cool. were using, you know, dry ice and other things to make things bubble and fizz and make noise. But um Eli was on right after him, and, and Eli fucking came to play, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he ended up taking it barely from Steve. You know, Eli actually started bartending, uh, not bartending, but bartending at Elbow Room, really. Mm-hmm. And he, his love of craft cocktails, like, he he used to be my roommate. Dave you Dis- lived with Eli. Dave Disney and Eli, yeah. They oh, Jesus. So, wow. And yeah. Dave Disney's running a cocktail program in Chicago, mm-hmm. and he was working at Coach's, and he came and bartended here. 
and Frankie started craft cocktail bartending here, and Eli started craft cocktail. Well, bartending this was here. this has been the epicenter for yeah. most. Yeah, uh, right. like a lot it's, of it. it's, uh, right. between a lot. this and Libertine, that's where you see a right. lot of. Uh, mm-hmm. It was ground zero because everybody yeah. crossed through here. Even a lot of the people like that ended up over at Libertine oh, worked yeah. here, We're here originally. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of Eli, he's my bar manager at one of our places. For Eli's our regular ass. listeners, would probably know that, but um, he just collected experience. Like I remember, I was like, God, how many jobs do you have? Like for real? Like oh yeah. He was like, oh right now, just like four. I mean, he was working one day a but week at like five different places. You know, he's done the work. He's done so much reading. He's done so yeah. much. You know, like his abilities R&D. as a cocktail maker is as grown exponentially in the past four years. Oh, he has a new name, though. It's no longer Eli, because now that he's going to be officially over at the Inferno Room, um, it's the Big Bamboo. The Big Bamboo. The Big Bamboo. Oh, my God, I'm getting him, like, a plaque or, like, a hat or, I don't know, name tag. We should get him a a custom fez. Get him an embroidered uh, fanny pack. Yeah, he would. Oh, that'd be great. It's going to have to be a little wide. I mean, it's... He's what? Four hundred. We don't open till. Oh, well, that's fine. Um, I was doing a training actually at Provision, where uh-huh. you mentioned you yeah. mentioned Chris Farney, who's the general manager there. Great place. Check out Provision. Um, but I was doing a training there, and I, I went off on a tangent on guys wearing skinny jeans and fanny packs. And of course, like three or four people in there were like, "I wear fanny packs," and I'm like, "And you suck." Like, fanny packs shouldn't come back, man. They're fucking coming back. Let me be really honest, though. Have you ever been a woman and worn a purse on your shoulder? Because that hurts. Well, I went. I dressed up as drag once, and I wore a purse. And uh, once. the heels hurt a oh. lot more than yeah, the anything. heels definitely hurt. But if you wear a purse every day, and majority of women have to carry purses because they don't have pockets in their pants like men do, or in their suit coats or whatever. I mean, like, I mean, I know the older I get, and I'm not some tiny woman who doesn't work out, but like my shoulders, you know, like they end up hurting. Do you, do you so wear truthfully, a fanny pack? Only on Wednesday. Damn it. Well, you're young and trendy. You're he's buying into really that pretty, shit. He's also really pretty, you know? Like, he is pretty. My he's brothers are looking, pretty. He's a good-looking fella. I, have, yeah. I, was, I would say that I have, like, a really large female clientele because of my brothers, but I feel like there's more bros that are in love with my brothers than there are women. <laughs> and they're not even gay. They're not even gay men. They are straight men who are in love with my brothers. I've never seen anything like it. It. I mean, please come in here on just the weekend just night. Entertaining like Ed, as like all Ed does, and yeah. let me know that it's not right. But back to sorry, competition. So the last competition I competed in was at the Golden up in Fort Wayne oh, before they closed. Oh, that's such a tragic. And I did the Tattersall competition, thing. and of course the the winning prize was going to Tattersall. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'll compete. But I kind of made it my last like local ish competition because I really loved that like Cameron and Keegan wanted to compete, and Cameron competed, um, and Eli competed. Um, but I actually ended up winning that one. I did like a, actually like a champagne Negroni riff. Cool. It was really good. And she won. Surprise. I know. It's awesome. It's so funny because I was up against Eli and he's been winning all those competitions and everyone, like, I remember, I don't remember, Keegan won a Broker's Gin competition. And Eli, I was, well, <laughs> Keegan kicked Keegan his ass. Keegan whooped his ass. But like, it was so funny because I was coaching Keegan, but it wasn't. It wasn't like I was telling him secrets. It was like he was asking me, like, "What should I do here? And how should I do this here?" And Eli walks over. He's like, "You can't fucking help Keegan. You can't help Keegan. He's gonna win. You can't help him." And I was like, "Get out of my face!" Like, yes, then, I can. And then he beat Eli, and I was like, "Ha ha." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Eli's family, so it's fine. He is fam. He just, I think he was on a streak and he didn't want his streak broken. Yeah. <laughs> I told him he needs to wrap that, some of that up anyway because as we're opening the, the tiki bar. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, well, it takes there's a also lot a lot of uh, tiki events that, you know, that I need to go to and, and my business partner, Chris. So it's like, you can't have all the whole staff gone at yeah. once. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mean, speaking of those competitions, I've been to a few with you and, and travel with you a little uh-huh. bit. And we usually end up drinking a little heavily. And since we're nearing the end of the show, I would love to know your, maybe I actually already know this. Maybe you do. Hangover cures? <laughs> oh, you know, you actually do. Uh, maybe you don't. Uh, no, I was like, what I've experienced is usually just like you passing a bottle back at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Like, That's this part will of it. Hair of the dog is yeah. absolutely, on, on, on trips where we're drinking throughout the day, all day, every day, it's definitely hair of the dog. Um, but I can honestly say that there's two things that I've been doing that help with my hangovers. Yeah. The older I get, the harder it gets to recover. It's like a three-day yeah, recovery. Yeah, it is getting hard. Um, so one thing is I go on what I call my adult spring break every year. 
Um, we, my two best friends and I run a house in Palm Springs and I've for years have been making pitchers of cocktails with coconut water instead okay. of like an actual mm-hmm. mixer. So currently, um, I'm doing on the menu. I have a cocktail called the adult spring break and it's doing really well, but it's rum. Oh, I had it. Yeah. It's yeah. rum, fresh lemon juice, um, coconut water, club soda. And I mean, essentially that's it, but it's delicious and refreshing. And I literally will pour a whole bottle and a pitcher between the three of us in one afternoon and we'll drink the whole thing, take a nap and we're fine and ready to go to dinner. And, <laughs> but coconut water is kind of a thing. So if you do coconut water, club soda, like half of a lemon squeeze in and a pinch of salt, like before you go to bed after you've drank heavily or first thing in the morning, I'm totally good. I haven't heard that one before. No, the coconut water is supposed to be really good for hydration and all that. So I think yeah, the key right there is like just making sure it's there for you in the morning. Yeah, definitely. Well, the little bit of salt actually helps get the, um, I can't even remember what it is. I read something on it a while back, but it was like, it helps you like get the blood flow back, back to your brain, which is why your headaches hurt so bad. There's mm-hmm. like a, right. but the club soda gets it to your bloodstream faster because of the carbonation. And then the lemon juice just helps kind of mask that. It's all this coconut. proven. Do we need to call your father? And call him. <laughs> double call him. check the Keith, science on this. Keith Lockwood. <laughs> um, but definitely, I mean, like the club soda, the lemon, I feel like it helps kind of mask that coconut sure. water flavor. Because I like coconut water by itself, but I don't like coconut water when I'm hungover. I love coconut water if it's like from a fresh coconut. Oh, yeah. But like the stuff that you can get commercially just never tastes exactly like it's fresh out of coconut. Oh, 100%. 100%. Coconut water snobs. Yeah, we are. We're, I'll take that. We're bougie. You're, um, a, you're a snob in other areas. Let us have would our you coconut, like coconut water. water? Uh, is there pulp in your pulp? <laughs> did you I don't squeeze? think there's any fucking pulp in the ca- Did you squeeze in the did coconut? Did you squeeze the coconut yourself? <laughs> squeeze. Hand squeeze Arthur coconut Black juice. Could squeeze a coconut. No, Let's be real. Know. It's not competing on American gladiators. that motherfucker. <laughs> um, take a bite out of it. No, but I mean, you can get coconut or uh, coconut water with pulp in it. Yeah, really? they have it. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have it in cans. Yeah, at, oh, like, like the meat, Meyer, the, the, the meat of the coconut. Meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just gotta okay. load a, Definitely. I was like, I'm imagining like grapefruit, yeah. ruby red grapefruit. You're pulp. imagining <laughs> butthole. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that note, um, Kendall, this has been awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, and and we'll have to have you back for all the yeah, other cool like, you things you want to like talk about, and Arthur too, and. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're good juju. You I got. feel like we should all just go out and drink and hang no. out and not even be yeah, on a podcast. Right. And I even have a, a very relatively light day today. Uh, um, mine's jam-packed. I've got family in from out of town. I'm taking care of two kids, and I'm not a ugh. dad or anything. i got to so go I'm finish like, inventory before my mom kills me and does it all by herself. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> oh, is that, she has been back there behind you oh, yeah. doing inventory while we've been sitting here. Well, she's a, she's a badass, so. I'm going to go get a late lunch and go to the gym go to yoga that wow. sounds healthier than what we're doing. Yeah. Rough, rough Monday. I need to aren't pack there? some shit because I'm moving. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's a soft week. It's a good thing. Cool. Awesome. Well, until next time, guys. And hey, good luck with the new project. Hey, I mean, we'll you. have to have you back when the new thing actually gets a little bit moving and you have a solid concept Definitely. you can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to. We'll do it from there. How about that? How about that? Oh, yeah, in the construction zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Everything's in perpetual construction. All right, guys. We're going to put up pictures of uh, My American Gladiator. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, please check out the uh, Instagram feed and you can see exactly how Arthur came dressed. We should we should take some pictures of my bone too. Yeah, we'll take a picture of my beautiful brother Keegan too, so everyone can come visit my brothers. Nice, nice. That's what it is. It is I construction. Mean, He's now ripped not all the Not only do they make delicious cocktails, but they're good looking too. <laughs> He's, a He's, He's been here be fixing someone else's job the whole time. All right, guys. Well, until next time. And again, we apologize for the uh, the week delay, but uh, we're back on track now, somewhat. As I guess as on track as we get. Uh, Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. See you guys.